1: This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now
0: we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
1: 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. Presented by Pointspec Canada and Montana as it's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill actually feeling pretty good on this Monday. What's going on, Rosie?
0: Well, I was feeling pretty good until I just found out we can't swear on the show anymore. <laughs> what a bush league setup that is. My goodness. So get ready to yeah. take this, take this show to church, I guess. No more swearing, <laughs> folks.
1: Imagine that. It's 2023. We're live here on YouTube and we can't be ourselves. That's so sad, man. So so sad, Rosie.
0: My virgin ears. <laughs>
1: Anyways, uh, really, really impressive weekend for the Maple Leafs. We're going to recap on the show today. Uh, we're going to look at a specific line. There's a lot of storylines coming off this weekend. We talked about the back-to-back, but to me, there's none bigger than Connor Timmons, man. First NHL goal. Um, I mentioned off the air we had a special video for you, so here it is. What do you remember about this? October 10th. 2009 against the Pittsburgh Penguins and Mark Andre Fleury in net for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> I
0: remember almost missing the puck. First <laughs> off, oh, I was excited. I was, I was still in a whirlwind of playing my first game. Like that same week, it was my third game in the league, I think, and to actually bury one. And I had a buddy right behind the net who came to to watch. So I had a terrible helmet on that someone told me was good. Oh dear.
1: Looking pretty dude, old is school Ricard these days. that Ricard on your line?
0: Yeah, Ricard Wallin and Jamal Myers. Yeah, Jammer's a beauty. How about Ricky Wallin? What was it
1: like to play with him?
0: Ah, uh, he's just good guy, pretty straight lay, Swedish guy, uh, just solid, solid dude. But um, yeah, they wanted him. Uh, they wanted him on not exactly his forte, fourth line in the show. But uh, I think he was a good face-off guy, penalty killer, all that kind of stuff. But nice guy.
1: Dude, have you sat your kids down and like told them? the magnitude of scoring your first NHL goal but who you scored it on like that's pretty epic I didn't remember that it was Marc-Andre Fleury you scored your your first time
0: yeah I was Fleury and they were the cup champions that year and blah, blah blah yeah like I said kind of a whirlwind week to play your first game and then didn't really think about scoring I was just trying to get some ozone time and crash and bang a little bit and earn some ice time and then one slips out and I caught a piece of it on the back door there it uh I think you can see in my face it's basically shock that i just did that in the
1: national league so <laughs> i love that celebration it's like 30 seconds long we got some ian white in that mix is that shenner coming in there too i'm not sure if that
0: was the human eraser or not i'll have to look at it but i don't uh, think he played with whitey did he oh yeah maybe he did there hard to say
1: i think maybe he's coming off for a change Is well i think
0: the I think the crowd is definitely getting tired of this highlight, though. Ian White. There's Jenner. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, is, I told you, man. I, there's Luke Shen. There you go. We got to get Jammer uh-huh. on the show, too. He set up your first NHL talk. So I wanted to bring that to light. Uh, Connor Timmons has been an exceptional story, and we're going to talk about him on the show today as well. But remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. Don't forget to visit the leafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns? Uh, Tim's already chimed in here in the chat. We'll get to that a bit later on in the show. But for now, we're going to get over the boards. How sweep it is. Um, Any pun you want to use, a sweep weekend for the Maple Leafs. They beat Detroit 4-1. They beat Philadelphia 6-2. What was the most impressive part of the weekend for you, Rosie?
0: Just the response, the overall response. I mean, they were, you know, trudging through a little bit of mud there. There were some questions about this and that. And all the morons came out of the woodwork on Twitter saying, see, I told you so, this experiment is a nightmare. And it's like, my God, we've been saying the whole time, hey, we can't ask for more, especially I'm thinking the goaltending duo. And uh, I think we'd said last week, you know, if we can get a sweep here and kind of erase the uh, the last week and a couple drop games here, you know, all would be well in Leafland. And I think that's exactly where we're sitting right now today with two solid wins. Uh, Just an overall great response head to toe from the team. New guys stepping up. Uh, Goaltenders both played solidly. So a good weekend for sure. It's a nice way to do it back
1: to back. How much better do you feel about the goaltenders, right? That was the big story as we wrapped last week. Matt Murray gets the Bronx cheers. You went on this epic rant. People shit on you on social media. Oh, sorry. I can't say People uh, chirped you on social media. Yeah, I know. There go the ratings. They're plummeting right there. can't swear anymore. But uh, how much different do you feel about the goaltenders than you did maybe three days no
0: ago? No different. I wasn't the one Bronx cheering them. I was sticking up for them. I think they have been solid. I mean if you want to go through every goaltending tandem in the NHL with a fine tooth comb, you're going to find a little blip on the radar where they don't have a nine five save percentage and um, where they didn't stand on their head and steal the game. And it's just the way it is playing goalie in the NHL, man. And all oh, they had the slightest hiccup. And that's what my, you know, that's what my problem was with the Bronx cheers and the, you know, that kind of treatment of a guy who's done everything you could have asked for and more. Um, he's better than the goaltending we've had in the past. Both of them are, and the slightest little sign of a hiccup, I don't, uh, I don't like it when you know the the fans, quote unquote fans, start uh, giving it to them. I mean, they expect perfection, and it's not possible. So. I don't feel any different about them. I'm glad that they solidified themselves and had good games. And that's kind of what's expected. And I think we said a long time ago, you know, there's going to be times in this season where they have a little hiccup and they're not at their best. I mean, it's the St. Mitch Marner has been not at his best during games. So has Austin Matthews. Why do you expect these guys to be anything different? But you go back and look at what goaltender do you want? If you don't like these guys, what do you want? What was available to Kyle Dubas? Like, What did you want? We've upgraded. It's working. It's great. We're in a good position. Ha- be happy about it. And I always have been, and I still am today.
1: Andre Vasilevsky, that's what I want for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're you're relatively new to the Twitterverse. Uh, what's your take on Twitter? Because I mentioned, I referenced it. Um, I posted that epic rant, which I thought was really, really well done by mm-hmm. you. I think people want to hear opinion, especially on this podcast, and you give it to them, and you do give it to them. Uh, but what do you make of Twitter so far? Would it be something that you'd probably dabble in if you're still playing in this league and Twitter was a real thing?
0: It would be interesting. Like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I did have Twitter back in 2009, 10 or whatever, and you're playing yeah. in that market, you'd obviously have you know, a lot more eyeballs on your page. And it would. I remember, I remember when Bizanet was tweeting like crazy, man, and he was like going off the rails on Twitter and guys in the <laughs> league were saying, this guy is tweeting himself right out of the league. And uh, turns out and he knew what he was out. doing, though, because he's just killing it. But, uh, no, overall impression of Twitter, man, I like it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a little community there. I only, like, really follow, like, Leafs leafs type of accounts and fans and yeah and media personnel right now that follow the leafs as well and it's been really positive good fan base everything's awesome but of course you're going to have the guys that uh that come out of the woodworks and have their opinion which makes it fun too but uh sometimes i just disagree with people on there and how hard they are on this team because i kind of have two perspectives being a player and feeling that and now i'm you know in media and watching how it happens from the other side so all I can do is give my point and perspective, and uh, it's fun. It's a fun thing, though. But overall, the community is uh, has been pretty solid.
1: It's all about reactions and engagement, and you'll get plenty of that from the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, John Tortorella. Did you have any run-ins with Torts in your career at all, or did you hear any guys who played for him? Because it's really interesting because you either get the perspective, I love this guy. Hell, they mentioned on the broadcast last night that Cam Atkinson pretty much went to bat for Torts to be in Philadelphia, of course had him with the Columbus blue jackets. And of course you have the other side of the spectrum who just hate the guy.
0: Yeah. Well, like I was drafted by Tampa. So I went to, you know, camp since I was 18 years old in Tampa, black ace with them and was around torts a little bit. I, I don't know if he even knew my name, but um, (laughs) you know, I just remember being at the SFU track outside and we're running a three mile race around, the SFU track in ninety percent humidity, and he's walking around the inside with a bullhorn fucking friggin' whoopsies. There goes another bunch of yelling <laughs> we at everyone need a while swear jar. Uh... We need
1: a swear jar.
0: Yeah, seriously. We're gonna have to like pay YouTube not to demonetize us for swearing. Jeez, what a pain. But yeah, he's just an intense man. I remember some of the meetings he'd have at the beginning of camp. It's almost like he's trying to like intimidate or scare you, but at the end of the day my overall impression of torts was that he's he's intense he wants the best but at the end of the day he's fair and he cares so i mean that's that's where i think people go to bat for him is when they when they rely on that side of his personality but definitely he can rub the rub people the wrong way and kind of uh, get under people's skins with some of his takes man he seems to almost like love to be that contrary and who has the hot take of just dismissing the heck out of something that he didn't like, like the all-star game, for example, this week, you know?
1: Yeah. And again, I love how he pooped on that, but I think in my opinion, at least it was more because he scratched his all-star in Kevin Hayes and his boys, Travis Konechny. And then like Hayes is named an all-star. I just think sometimes he's just, he's embarrassed and he doesn't even realize it. And I just think he can't get out of his own way. Like I love John Tortorella. You know, the best thing about him. So I used to work on NHL network radio as, you know, Pretty much every preseason, I would fill in on the daytime shows in September. And it seemed for like three, four years in a row, we'd have John Tortorella on the show in like September, like before the preseason. Much different dude. Now, I always tell my co-host, Scott Lachlan, I'm like, just wait a month until the regular season starts and they lose their first game. And it's a way different tour. Man, we were talking about like dog shelters, like he's got a passion for that and and fostering dogs. It's such a much different interview with torts and say like September or like August than it would be in like November where he's probably giving you like seven word answers. It's hilarious to me.
0: Yeah, I think so. He, like like we said, he's very intense, very passionate about winning, but he is a, I think he really cares. I think he's a caring person and a kind person, but it just doesn't show, doesn't show very well or very much when he's, you know, going off the rails being super intense. And, you know, I think he's got a little bit of a, an anger or a temper and he gets very passionate and intense and when he's like that worried about hockey and wanting the best out of his team and caring so much you're not going to see that kind side but yeah like I said there is a there's a honesty or a, a quality about him that's that that he cares obviously and that he is a good person I imagine him like you know going up to families and their kids and getting down on knee and talking to the the young kid and like he cares and he's a kind guy but it just doesn't show through when he's being intense about hockey and i think you want that to a degree with your coach but obviously i think he overdoes it a little bit sometimes and gets himself you know maybe attention that he doesn't even
1: want yeah sometimes it really doesn't translate but we'll see in the grand scheme of things here with philadelphia they are in a reboot when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring build montana's is bringing back the viewing party with daily deals in 2023 who doesn't love chicken wings rosie uh, half price wings today maybe mix in a pint or two um i think if you're feeling adventurous maybe you go for two pounds because it is half price but what's your wing choice i i, I like spice so i go hot all the time
0: yeah, hot. I like. Uh, I don't like the dry rubs. I like the the wet, the saucy wings. As long as there's a big mm-hmm. Dunker ranch and a big full pint of beer beside me, I love wing night, man. Especially, I remember going to Montana's when I used to live there, and we'd get uh, we'd get racks of ribs and wings and crank beers, and uh, sometimes might need a ride home.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> that's happened once or twice. But I'm telling you right now, Montana's <laughs> can hook you up. So check out Mondays of the half price wings. And check out the, uh, I guess, unofficial second line of the Maple Leafs. Yarncroke, JT, and Marner have been exceptional. Uh, so nine games since Yarncrook returned from that groin injury. Rosie, they've combined for 33 points. Is Sheldon Keefe onto something with this trio?
0: I mean, it looks like it. They, they shuffle lines around so much, it's hard to even say what is the lines. And, you know, I, I can't say that it's a negative thing. They seem to find... I mean, let's be honest. Look who you're playing with. I mean, you put Mitch Marner with a couple of guys that can hold a hockey stick. I mean, things are still going to happen. But uh, Johnny T, I mean, he he kind of came out of the gates hot this season, and he's kind of cooled off and let the big boys take over. And now there's a bit of a resurgence here with, mm-hmm. with some of the chem that these guys have found. It's nice to see Kelly Arncourt come in, and we've been looking for that guy. Like, who can kind of, like, step up and fill a role in this top six here? And I think Sheldon Keefe's done a great job of – Finding chemistry and then mixing it up when need be without breaking anything up or ruining anything and and then finding some more chem over here. And I think they've got a plethora of different lines they can use. And obviously, they'll stick with this one for a while until maybe things change in you. You toss Nylander back or whatever they want to do. They they seem to find chemistry no matter what they do, but obviously a nice showing from this second line here. And I really like croak stepping up and and being a guy who can put some uh, some numbers on the board because they they need that. They've got bunting up top, and now they kind of need that guy down on the second line. And he's doing his job right now, so it's been great.
1: You're right. It's it's nice to nice to see a guy sort of take the reins. We sort of joked about it. What was like a month ago that like 17 different guys got a look with with Marner and Tavares, and now finally one sticks. Like he's on pace for a career year. Um, I I like the contract with Yarn Croak too. It's multiple years. This guy's a nice depth piece that's going to play in your bottom six or your mid six, if you will. Like he brings a lot of variables to the table. I still think in a perfect world he's better suited for the third line, and remains to be seen what they do ahead of the March 3rd deadline. But as long as he continues to produce and play this way, he's going to stick with these guys. Like you mentioned John Tavares too, and I think you're so right to bring up that he had an impressive start, sort of middled off, like he was more like average, I would say, in the middle stretch, and he started to cook again, man. The last five games, four goals and four assists for the captain, John Tavares, who overall has uh, exceeded expectations, at least in my opinion, so far this season. Yeah, I think so. I mean anything you want to say about him has been
0: that's negative has been negated by this season I mean he's had you know career numbers throughout different parts of the season um, big time goals goals when they need it finding Kem with different guys and then obviously just his professionalism and leadership style is extremely valuable as well and um, I think a team like this who's young who's got a bunch of guns it's important to have you know one of those captains where he does everything right and kind of keeps everyone in check. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be doing that extra little thing in the gym and everyone's going to look through the window and be like, Oh yeah, I better get in there with Johnny. And he's going to be, you know, the consummate professional top down, bottom down, maybe not a guy that you're going to go crank beers with and be a wild man, but he's just the guy that does everything right. And I think that leadership role is, is kind of even undervalued in this team because that kind of puts a cap on this high profile, high stud young Hockey team, especially on the forwards, and he kind of keeps that all bottled up nicely. I just I really like the way he's been playing. I think he suits this, and I think he's a great captain for the Maple Leafs, which has a long history of some
1: really solid captains. Professional uh, is the word I would use to describe John Tavares. I covered this guy when he played junior hockey to now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's been f- professional since he was like 13, 14 years old. Let's not forget the glitz and glamour that John Tavares came from. You're great with nicknames. You referenced that. Do you have a name for this line just yet? Do you have a rule as to how many games a line needs together before we can coin a nickname for them? Cause I think we're getting to that level here with this line.
0: Ah, yeah. I haven't thought about lines. I'm more just like, it comes off my tongue when I just say a guy's name, I'll throw some weird ass thing on it, but, uh, not yet. Let's see. Let's see if they keep this train rolling and we'll start thinking about nicknames for it. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be ugly. I'm thinking, uh, I was talking to Bozy the other day and remembering the frat pack from back in like the 2010s, where it was Hanson, Stahlberg, and Bozak, and they were the frat yeah. pack for a while there. And oh, that didn't really land too well with, I think it lasted all of one preseason, but made me chuckle thinking of that.
1: Dude, was it after the lockout, Tyler Bozak came back with the flow? I called him Tyler Flozak for a, lo- a long time. Did he have a flow when you played with him? Or was that after? Uh,
0: no, he was he was short-haired. He was young, coming out of college. And uh, I think our rookie years, 09-10, were the same year. And uh, I was gone by the lockout. So yeah, I think he grew
1: it out after. that. I vaguely remember that too. Tyler Flozak, man. He was a stud. Make sure to subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube page. Also, the Leafs Nation Twitter, at TLNDC, Instagram and Facebook accounts as well. Lots of great prizes and giveaways coming away courtesy of Montana's this month and for the rest of the year. The Yarn Croak JT Marner line, again, 33 points in the last nine games, which leads us to topic number three, what's ahead for the Maple Leafs this week. Finally, a couple of days off here. Uh, they've been playing a lot at home on Wednesday against the Nashville Predators at Detroit on Thursday. And it's tough not to do this, but I hope that they're not victim of looking ahead to Saturday's game, the measuring stick games of all measuring stick games against a team that never loses at Boston. I can't wait for that one, Rosie. That is a big one and it's one that uh, you know, you're going to have to get a little more
0: prepped for than the Predators or or the uh or the Red Wings, but like you say, you got it back-to-back there and you don't want to come up and uh fall short. You want to keep this uh keep this thing going. They built some momentum this weekend. It would be great to uh, you know, keep that going through the week and have everything fired. Everyone high confidence, everyone rocking and rolling, all the lines clicking. Um, feeling really good going against Boston because that is a big kind of, you know, four point game when you're trying to chase somebody and these guys do not lose much. We've already beat them this year, might I add. So uh, uh-huh. it'd be interesting to see, man, but that is definitely the big game of the week.
1: I love the poll in the chat right now. Favorite wings. You've got honey, garlic, spicy, hop barbecue and other and again spicy hot would be the uh the pick of choice as we still continue to promote montana as i'm just craving for wings right now but you're right on boston it's just been an exceptional season jim montgomery's done a great job jeremy swayman gets the victory last night in anaheim they won in the back-to-back like they don't skip a beat they have four regulation losses here we sit on January 9th. But again, first up is a Wednesday clash with the Nashville Predators who I believe will be on a back-to-back. I think they're in Montreal tomorrow night, but I'm I, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure though.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. It's uh again, you got another back-to-backs, right? Wednesday, Thursday, is that not right? And then you get that little day mm-hmm. off on Friday and you got a big one on Saturday. So, a huge week for them and Again, I think this weekend is really important for them to get their feet under them. That's exactly what we wanted, a sweep with both goalies getting a win and, uh, you know, emergence of some guys uh, starting to step up right now at a good time. So good week for that to happen. But yeah, it's nice to be out of the negativity like it was last week and get rocking and rolling here, get a few, bang these off. And, you know, it'd be ideal to get two more and come in on a four-game winning streak and see if we can take down the
1: mighty Bruins right now.
0: Which and no that's my mistake,
1: by the way. Uh, Nashville's in action tonight, and they're in Ottawa against your guy Claude Giroux, who could be Ooh. gracing us with his presence on this show this week, right? That's right. I mean, it is confirmed by him, unless
0: he's going to be a flaky diva about it. But I don't think that's G <laughs> style.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it looks like Wednesday we're going to have Claude Giroux on the show. So again, keep it locked all week here on Leafs Nation, and uh, also Leafs Morning Take, because we're bringing you the goods for sure as we start off 2023. So again, Nashville. In action in Ottawa tonight, in Toronto on Wednesday. Can't wait to see UC Soros. We don't really see Nashville very much. Western Conference opponent. They got some pretty decent players on that roster. Philip Forsberg, Matt Shane, Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi. It's a lot of fun to watch Nashville. I love going to Nashville. I don't know about you. Oh
0: yeah. One of the best, one of the best cities on the road. No doubt. I, I mean, I like that state. I like that town. I like the vibe. I like that barn. I like their crowd and fans. It's uh, it's always a wicked road trip. I mean, people go there just for the hell of it. There's not a lot of people going to Buffalo for a a weekend vacation, but people certainly go to
1: Nash Vegas. Much different story for sure. The wrap up is brought to you by our friends at points back Canada. All right, so uh, let the record show. Who was your uh, lieutenant on Friday? Who was it again? St- Stevie Stewart! You blew it! <laughs> you blew it, Stevie. Took Arizona against Chicago, I believe. And yeah, Chicago wins that game. But it happens. We, it's tough to, to bet on hockey. We try our best, and we've had a pretty good success rate. So was Tim in the chat today. So, Tim, keep it coming. Congratulations on the three-leg parlay last night. For tonight's look, I'm looking at Philadelphia and Buffalo. Uh, I'm looking at the over in that game. So last I checked, it was minus 121. I'm not usually Mr. Stats guy, but number one, Craig Anderson is slated to start this game. It's a back-to-back, the front end for Buffalo. UPL is going to start tomorrow against the Seattle Kraken. And the last seven regular season meetings between Philadelphia and Buffalo have hit the over or pushed. Uh, So I'm going to look at the over 6.5 between Buffalo and Philadelphia tonight, Rosie.
0: Yeah, as good as any man. It's uh, it's a tough gig trying to trying to uh, make these plays right. Usually, again, I like to get a vibe of a game first before I place a bet. I feel like I can get maybe ahead of the of the numbers if you feel something or got a feeling on the way the game starts. But this uh, seat of your pants. I mean, I don't watch Buffalo enough. We just saw Philadelphia. Um, we know what they're like. So it's as good a bet as any man in my books. I uh I'm a little bit um me and Stevie gotta talk about that Arizona bet, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm uh starting to think about them just tanking the whole season in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, whether uh they can do it on their own or get a little help from Gary Vettman not to uh start putting my tinfoil hat on. But I uh I would put money down right now if there was a bet that Arizona gets Connor Bedard one way or the other.
1: I don't know about that. Chicago's pretty damn bad and the math doesn't really check out for Arizona, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, Tim writes in. I think this is a healthy bet anytime Buffalo plays Tage Thompson anytime goal. I really like that. That guy scores every game. He has to be on my short list right now for Hart Trophy winners, but I don't know about you. I think if a team doesn't make the playoffs, I don't know if I can annoy somebody at the Hart Trophy, um but it's certainly a topic of conversation given the season Tage Thompson has had. So Again, I like the over Philadelphia and Buffalo over six and a half in that game. And should mention as well, Carter Hart played last night for Philly. So Sam Harrison, I believe the, uh, the backup, the rookie for Philadelphia, things in my opinion are trending towards the over. I hope it hits. I hope I'm not the guy who, who manifests the, the under because of the seven straight games hitting the over between Buffalo and Philly, but I think it's going to be a loose game tonight.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons. I like backup goalies. I like back to backs. I like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, neither of them are really lighting the uh lighting things up right now. That speaks to me that they get a little leaky defensively. And um, you know, both of them have some firepower up front. So all all signs pointing towards the over, I get why you make that bet. It's uh it's probably I mean uh the stats say that that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it's always nice to get that plus money. Yeah, it's hard to say, man. Frick, betting's so hard. It's there's no reason to think not, and then we're going to gather tomorrow
1: and be like, what the hell was that? It's like it's sports, man. Pretty much. Uh, we'll book end the show by talking about Connor Timmins. We talked about your first NHL goal off the top. We talked about Timmins scoring his first NHL goal. This has been a revelation. Like, what a story. And I think at this point, there's no way Timmins leaves the lineup. Last night, it's just in favor of TJ Brody. Undisclosed, doesn't play. Again, Who a guy who's pretty much been an Ironman for the Leafs, has had some injury struggles so far this season. But they bring Timmins in, gets a goal and an assist. And uh, he's been really, really steady. Kyle Dubas deserves a lot of credit for that trade.
0: Yeah, it's one that's been working out. He looks, uh, you know, for how green he is and for for what he's done in the past, he's come in and made an impact. And uh, always awesome to see a guy get their first NHL goal. And, um, you know, it was a good one and a well-timed one. And it was just, uh, you know, a guy who's catching fire on the back end there. And anytime those guys on the back end are chipping in offensively, especially when they're not, like, uh, you, know, um, you know, known for doing that, it's always a really nice bonus and, and good to see, especially when it's their first one.
1: Definitely. And I think in general, the bottom six has taken on an identity. Wayne Simmons back in the mix last night in favor of your boy Dryden Hunt. Um, I don't mind the exploration. Like I want to see some different looks. We see Morgan Riley back on PP1. Like they're pretty much trying everything. So as I mentioned last week, give 11 and seven a look, you know, provided TJ Brody is healthy enough to go the next game and reading in between the lines, they want to give him a couple more days until the Nashville game. I'd love to see them go with 11 and seven because I love Wayne Simmons, but I think you're able to go with one less forward and one more defenseman. And Tampa seems to have a lot of success when they do that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. We've had teams do that over the past. I remember it's, uh, I don't think that the defensemen love it too much. All of a sudden you don't just have a rhythm or a flow and your your partners are getting switched up. um, And then it kind of kind of ruins the flow for that fourth line too you try to mix a center in for that for those two guys but eventually they end up sitting there more often than not once you get a rhythm going with the top three lines and you know it it does work for some people but i definitely know some people don't like it and um not a lot of looks for it right now but again when you're having trouble figuring out who to take out and you want to let guys solidify themselves on that back end and, and really gain some some ground as far as defensive pairings and and chemistry goes, it's a, it's a good, it's a good way to do it. And it doesn't really kill anybody. And you get extra looks for these guys, especially like you say, if you can't really decide who needs to come out and, and no one deserves to get yanked out of there. And it's a good way to kind of get everyone involved and let someone take, take control and enforce and the issue on who's going to be in the lineup.
1: Very well said, and we look forward to the next game for the Maple Leafs on Wednesday night at home at Scotiabank Arena against the Nashville Predators. We'll leave it at that, Rosie. Uh, you're not in tomorrow, so you're back on Wednesday, where again, we're expected to have Claude Giroux of the Ottawa Senators hop on the program. Of course, your former teammates, so no doubt we're going to get we're gonna try our best to get him to sewer you a bit and find out what Jay Rosehill was like as a teammate, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. That should be pretty easy. <laughs> there you have it. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Have a great day.